Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how I do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled, A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And the name of this poem is entitled, I'm Dying. Here we go. If I tell you I'm dying, would you believe me? Or would you fan me away and just ignore me? Would you listen to my concerns with open ears and with care? Or would you just shake your head in disbelief? Would you cry as I cry? Would you laugh as I laugh? Would you mirror my hurt and pain? Or would you begin to pray? Raise up your hands and decree that these dead bones will live again. I ask you now as I seek some resolve to the situation I am faced with. I've been told I'm dying. And as these tears keep on falling, I wonder if you are accepting the possibility of my life really ending. What if my life depended on you? Would you lie or would you tell me the truth? I'm dying to know your answers. So I hope that you have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. However, I wanted to talk about a lot of stuff. (laughs) But one of the main things that I wanted to talk about is how we literally can speak death over our lives unaware. But we also have the power to speak life over our lives unaware. And yet, a lot of times, we may be known for speaking death instead. And as time has gone on in my particular journey of what we call life... I have come to recognize that there were times that I would say things about my situation that potentially could have made it turn out the way that it did in a negative way. So I have practiced restating a lot of the things that I have said in my ignorance on accident Or even sometimes coming into agreement with on accident. Because, you know, if you really, truly take the time out to pay attention, there are sometimes that someone can speak something over you. And you can find yourself saying, "Uh uh-huh. And next thing you know, what they have spoken over you is a subtle curse. And so I am learning how not to come into agreement with those such things. And if for any reason I... 
am not paying close enough attention. And then I kind of do a recapture of my conversation and notice some of those subtle word curses. Now what I'm starting to do is counsel them and rebuke them. But when I was reading some of my poems, what I noticed is that although I was expressing my truest and truest of emotions at the time, I found myself thanking God that he ignored some of my most painful moments where I was ignorantly speaking a curse over my life. And so now, as I am doing a whole lot of reflecting, just a whole lot of reflecting, I am starting to read over a lot of the material. And of course, I mean, I had reason for when and why I was feeling the way that I was feeling, because it's not easy when you're told that you have a tumor in your brain. It's not easy when you're told the second time around that no one can do surgery on this tumor. Um, And for those of you that have never, ever listened to any of my episodes, and this is the first time that you're hearing one of my episodes, I am a two-time brain surgery survivor who currently has a tumor in my brain. So I survived brain surgery in 2011, 2011, I'm sorry, (laughs) 2011, Um, December the 16th was the first surgery. And then five days later was the second surgery. The reason why they had to perform the second surgery is because the surgeon, the neurosurgeon went through my brain the wrong way. So my brain began to swell during surgery. And to prevent any permanent damage from taking place, he had to stop the surgery abruptly. Once he stopped the surgery, my godmother at the time actually called in a masseuse to help relax me so that the swelling of my brain would go down in due time for that second brain surgery. Fast forward in 2017, I started having a lump form on the back of my neck. Initially, I just thought it was a bite from some type of bug, truth be told, like maybe a mosquito bite or something, and it just kind of swelled up. That's what I was thinking. But as time went on, it got bigger and bigger. And so I was encouraged to go get it checked. When I went to go get it checked, um, they did an x-ray on my neck, and then they were like, when is the last time that you've had an actual MRI And it had been a year past the time that I was supposed to get it done. And so, although my insurance denied my being able to have an MRI done on my neck, they agreed to me having an MRI done on my brain. So, April of 2017, I received a phone call, ironically, the date that I received that phone call was on April Fool's Day. And the young man asked to speak with me. I told him who I was, verified who I was. And then he proceeded to tell me that the tumor in my neck is a lipomic tumor. That's just fatty tissue that's formed in the back of my neck. It's not as big as it once was. Um, However, 
he went on to tell me, we have found yet another tumor in your brain. So although the news was delivered to me on April Fool's Day, it was not a joke. And so I was forced to find a new neurosurgeon because I was now in a different city. And when the neurosurgeon spoke with me, he ended up telling me, there's nothing we can do. See, the tumor that's in my brain, according to what they are saying, is that people my age don't normally get this type of tumor. And it's normally not found in anyone until they're in their late 60s. Yet I got it in my early 30s and now in my 40s. And so he literally let me know that because of where it is located and because they had already taken a chance twice the first time because it's located under my brain stem and that's a very dangerous spot for it to be located in. Um, that there was nothing that he could do. The only thing that they're able to do is monitor it. Now, the irony of all of this is that you can monitor the tumor all day long. However, stress makes it increase. And the type of life that I live, my life is consumed with stress. And so to hear that there's nothing that we can do but to monitor the tumor. To know that it was only by the grace of God that I survived the two surgeries initially. And to have to live with the reality that unless God deliver me from this tumor in my brain, there's truly nothing I physically can do. So I had to process that. I had to live with that. I had to own it. And when I finally got to the realization that, I guess it's because I reframed it, truth be told, but I was like the first two times, Lord, I guess I needed faith in terms of trusting man to remove the tumor in my brain. But this time around, it looks like I'm going to have to wholeheartedly trust you. That wasn't always my mindset. That wasn't always the way that I viewed it. To be quite honest, I went through a phase of being devastated simply because I am a mother of six beautiful children. And so being a mother of six beautiful children, you want to be able to see your children grow and into adulthood and then you also want to be able to, God say the same, see your grandchildren or your great as well as your great grandchildren. And so being told that this is something that you're living with and not knowing how that is going to pan out for you, you can have a certain level of anxiety if you let it consume you. And so initially I was on depression medication. And I was on depression medication for a very, very long time because I was trying to remain functional with this devastating news. The only reason why 
I gradually remove myself. And yes, I did say remove myself. You're not supposed to do that. So if you are listening and if you have the concept of, oh, let me get, no, do not do that. Do not, do not, do not. I did it because I'm hard headed. <laughs> Don't follow that lead. I truly did it because I was being hard headed. Um, I don't agree with medication. I don't agree with it for many reasons. And so I made up my mind that I was just going to have to work on my mindset. I was going to have to work on my truth, the element of my truth. And I was going to have to do that in order for me to be functional without because I didn't want to be dependent on any type of medicine. I wasn't dependent, but I didn't want to become dependent. And so I just literally weaned myself. I reframed how I thought about the situation. Um, I learned how to live each and every day on purpose. I learned how to um, love people now. I learned how to forgive quickly. I learned how to let go of dead weight. Speaking of dead weight, I was having a conversation with my auntie and we were talking about the art of forgiveness. And she stated something that I have never seen this visual. And she said, anytime that you are operating in unforgiveness, that it is as if you are carrying a corpse around. And you can say that the situation is dead. But if you're carrying a corpse around, that situation truly is not dead. And so the only way that that situation becomes dead is that you've got to allow it to go to ashes. And once it goes to ashes, you've got to disregard it in order for you to truly operate in forgiveness. And I had never seen that type of visual, but I truly appreciated her saying that because a lot of times it's hard for me to articulate how it is that I'm able to operate in forgiveness at the capacity that I am. But that right there was the perfect example is because I've made a conscious decision to take those ashes and discard those ashes so that I'm not carrying around a dead corpse. Somebody needs to operate in the art of forgiveness. And so I hope that bless someone because I, I literally that was just laid on my heart to share. And so it had nothing to do with what I was talking about, but it did all at the same time. So I do hope that that encouraged someone to be able to look at it the way that she shared that with me. I just thought that was a, a beautiful revelation. But I ended up having to reframe how I viewed my situation so that I would not become angry with God to a level of potentially cursing him. And I'm so glad that I reframed it because he allowed me to see and to look at the blessing, to look at my initial brain surgery was on December the 16th of 2011. This month is August of 2021. God say the same, and I do pray that he does. I am coming up on a 10-year anniversary from my initial brain surgery. And I know that that is no one but God himself. And so... As I think about why I most likely was even able to be in a position to, Lord, say the same, I pray he does, see 
that side of the journey is because I reframed what it was that I was going through. And that plays a major role because when you reframe what it is that you're going through, then you speak differently. I literally started to think on those things that are good. I literally started to think on those things that are virtue. I literally started to think on those things that are of good report to ponder on those things and to not become the tumor. Yes, it's happening to me, but it does not define me. I'm going through it, but that's not where my story ends. You begin to literally see yourself differently. If you allow yourself to reframe how it is that you see yourself. I was speaking to one of my children on today and I was having a very, very deep conversation with her. And one of the things that I was trying to help her with is learning how to speak those things that be not as though they are. Because it's one thing for us to say, this is what I want. This is what I desire. This is where I want to be. But when you literally start to see it, some people call it manifesting. It's, it's you. It's however you view it. Some people call it manifesting. Some people call it just speaking it into fruition. Some people call it faith. Whatever you call it, it's a manner of seeing yourself there. See, and so I literally had a conversation with her and I was giving her the example of saying the very things that she wants to see manifest. And I was like, when you start to speak and have, I said, it's like having a conversation with yourself and you start to see yourself elevated. So see, I began to see myself past having a tumor in my brain. I began to see myself past that situation. I began to see myself watching my children walk across the stage. I began to see myself holding my grandbabies. I began to see myself doing things differently. I began to see my diet changing. I began to see my water intake changing. I began to see myself exercising. I began to see myself getting more rest. I began to see myself not allowing the things that should break me, break me because I am trying to preserve my life if God will allow me to do just that. So as I started to see myself differently, my conversation changed and then it began to be the only time that I even remembered having the tumor in my brain is if something medically came up or someone was going through something and they needed a reference point. Other than that, it became literally not even a part of my conversation any longer because I saw myself past that situation. And so as I spoke to my child and I was telling her, yes, sometimes it requires practice. If you got to call me and if we have to do little um, test runs, if you got to pretend like I'm this person, whatever you got to do to get it in your imagination that this is where you're going to where you begin to feel it, taste it, sense it, be it. If that is what is necessary for you to see yourself past this point then that's what we're going to do. Fast forward about an hour and a half later, I get a phone call and the very thing that I was having her practice, she calls me and says, I didn't get a hundred, but I did get a little of what I asked for. And I was like, look at God, look at God. You didn't get. And like I told her practice makes perfect. So you still have a deadline. You have a, pro a projected date 
that you're trying to reach that goal. But guess what you just did? You took the little bit of wisdom that was provided to you. You applied it quickly and you still gained a result. One that you didn't have prior to the conversation. It's all in how you reframe your situation. Now you are a few steps closer than you were before you called. That's how God works. Reframe what it is that you're going through. Reframe how it is that it looks to you. Reframe it. Speak those things that be not as if they already are. Walk as if they already exist. If you are in a position, because I know that there are some people out there that they've been told that they're barren, that they cannot have children. Start to see yourself being that mother. Start to see yourself being that father. I know that there are some people that are like, I've been unemployed for X amount of time. Start seeing yourself as that successful entrepreneur. Who says you got to go work for somebody else? Start doing the research to figure out how you can be your own boss. Yes, you may have been collecting unemployment. Start to see yourself as the employer. It's all in how you frame it. It's all in what you speak. Begin to speak those things that be not as though they are. You may be in a position that you're just like, oh my goodness, I'm tired of living with my relatives. I want my own place. I get it. Trust me, I get it. If you're in that position, start to see yourself with the bills coming in your name. I remember, I remember when I was literally a teenager, young adult, actually, I was a young adult. And I was so tired, sick and tired of taking the bus everywhere I had to go. And I remember saying one day, because I was on the verge of tears, because I was always having to wait for that bus to get there. And if the bus was a few minutes late, then it was making me late to work. And I remember the frustration that I felt. And so one day I literally started to speak those things that be not as though they are. And I was like, there's a vehicle. There's a vehicle out there with my name written on it. There is a vehicle that I'm going to own with my name written on it. And it was a few months after that, I just kept having that in my mind. Every time I would have to take the bus, I'm like, there's a vehicle with my name written on it. It's out there somewhere. It's coming to me. It's going to be in my presence. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's coming to me soon. And I did that for months. One day I looked up, there's a car dealership. Now, mind you, the car dealership had been around the whole time, but my whole objective changed. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I walked into that car dealership. I drove off the lot in a brand new car. And I changed my conversation. I changed how I looked at riding the bus. I started to make a plan as I was taking the bus and I got that money that I needed to put down on a vehicle. And next thing you know, guess what? What was always there, now my eyes could fully see it because I was in a different position to be able to be in it. And so sometimes you've got to do that. You Where you're trying to get to, it may be a few months down the line. It may not be right now, but if you start to speak those things that be not as though they are, you can look up and months from now, you're in the very position that you spoke into existence. 
It doesn't always have to be immediate. Sometimes it's going to take time. Sometimes it takes time for you to train up your own mind in order for you to do the very things that you're trying to do. Sometimes it takes a little bit more pruning. Sometimes it takes a little bit more practice. Sometimes it takes a little bit more projecting, but eventually if you do not faint, if you do not give up, you will look up and you'll be just, you'll be there. You'll be right where you want it to be. I encourage you to reframe your circumstance if it's something that you truly, truly don't even want to be in, could truly do without, would rather not even talk about. If you desire greater and you know greater is in you. Do whatever is required, whatever is required in order for you to see your situation differently, in order for you to see yourself differently until it becomes your reality. I believe in you. I hope you believe in you too. So this is going to conclude my episode on this evening. But before I completely end it, I wanted to read a letter to my future hubby. And it is dated... August the 8th of 2021. Now there is a poem that I have written and this poem was written on August the 8th of 2021. And here we go. Dear future hubby, have you ever heard this? Whatsoever comes out of a person's mouth is what is in their hearts. Well, whether you've heard this or not, I wholeheartedly agree with it. Why? Because if we're being honest with ourselves, Most of us, when given an opportunity to speak, speak the matters of our own heart. Here is the poem that I've written, Matters of My Heart. My heart matters. You see, the feelings aren't superficial or as deceptive as one might claim. When I express myself to you, your deepest understanding is my aim. I've been broken longer than I've been whole. Yet I strive to keep the hope alive so that maybe, just maybe, true love will find me. And this time I'll be, it'll be reciprocated to the depths of my soul as I journey through uncharted places with you. And as we write a story untold one that will include the nuances of our relationship but the beauty of it too while I am able to unapologetically be my authentic self with you and you with me as well journeying through the wellspring of genuine heartfelt love for one another As deep as the ocean, as wide as the universe, looking eye to eye, soul to soul, as I express stories never told to anyone but you. Because you see me as truth. The truth is the matters of my heart do matter and my heart longs for you. I love you, love Teresa. So I hope that 
you all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.